Are we alone in the universe? It's a question that humanity has long grappled with. But while astronomers continue to scan the cosmos for signs of alien life, imaginations are free to run wild here on Earth. From pop stars to Hollywood actors to politicians, here are 13 famous people who believe in aliens. Winston Churchill. History remembers Winston Churchill for his political prowess and his leadership during a complex time in Britain's history, but a relatively unknown part of the statesman legacy, one in which he confronted the idea of alien civilizations, was recently uncovered. Churchill penned an 11-page essay on alien life in 1939, revealing his curiosity about the universe and outlining his definition of life and its most important ingredients. I, for one, am not so immensely impressed by the success we are making of our civilization. Here that I am prepared to think that we are the only spot in this immense universe which contains living thinking creatures. He wrote the newly uncovered essay, or that we are the highest type of mental and physical development which has ever appeared in this vast compass of space and time. Churchill's essay was described as an article published in the journal Nature in February of 2017. Khloe Kardashian. Oh boy, here we go. It can be hard keeping up with the Kardashians' exploits, but when it comes to aliens, at least one member of the famous family is a believer. In 2015, Khloe Kardashian saw strange lights in the sky and tweeted, Kendall and I are spazzing out, UFO. Though the U.S. Navy later said the unusual lights were part of a pre-planned missile test, Kardashian stuck to her guns. What do we expect people to say? Obvi. They are going to say it's a media shower. I'm such a conspiracy theorist. Let me enjoy this, she responded. I'm not a fan of the Kardashians, by the way. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has a long political history advocating for children and families, gender equality, and health care reform. She should have been the president, but she got screwed over. But in 2016, during her bid to secure the Democratic nomination for president, Clinton turned her attention to the paranormal. In a radio interview, and then later on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Clinton said that she wants to review files about UFOs in the mysterious Area 51 site in Nevada and make them public. I would like us to go into those files and hopefully make as much of that as public as possible, she told Kimmel. If there's nothing there, then we'll let people know that there's nothing there. Area 51, which is located 80 miles northwest of Las Vegas in Nevada, the desert and a restricted military outpost that is part of the Edwards Air Force Base. It has been said of a number of stealth military programs taking place there, and this secrecy has, in part, fueled conspiracy theorists, who claim that the scientists at the facility are reverse-engineering alien technology from UFO crashes. In 2013, declassified CIA documents detailed some of Area 51's history, revealing the site's role in testing spy planes such as the U-2. There was no mention of aliens or UFOs in the declassified files. Imagine that. Redacted. Redacted. Zayn Malik. Oh, boy. From One Direction, I believe. Singer Zayn Malik, if you want to call him a singer, told Glamour in July 2016 that the first time he realized he wanted to leave the boy band One Direction and go solo was after a paranormal encounter. An alien spooked to me in a dream, he told the magazine. Malik is in a relationship with model Gigi Hadid who recently posed for a space-themed photo spread for Harper's Bazaar. My boyfriend's really into aliens, Hadid told the interviewer from Harper's Bazaar during the photo shoot at NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. 
Next on the list is, of course, who I just mentioned, Gigi Hadid. I won't get too much into that because she's just talking more and more about the Harper's Bazaar photo shoot and Yoan, so on, so on. Ariana Grande is the next one. Singer Ariana Grande has described herself as obsessed with aliens. And in a 2013 interview with Complex Magazine, the pop powerhouse, <laughs> powerhouse, said, We'd be so stupid to believe we are the only people here. Grande's music video for the song Break Free featured her battling aliens and dancing on a spaceship. But Grande told Complex she has never seen a real extraterrestrial, though she said she did have a ghost and a demon experience once at a haunted castle in Kansas City. Ridley Scott, this I totally believe. From the director Ridley Scott, he is no stranger to the concept of alien invasions and hostile encounters with extraterrestrials. His 1979 movie Alien explored the scary concept of aggressive extraterrestrials that target a crew of space a crew on a spaceship. The film spanned spawned franchises and three sequels, two prequels including Alien Covenant, which opened in the US May of 2017. While promoting the new film, Scott warned that hundreds of alien species are out there and cautioned that humans likely wouldn't fare well if these cosmic entities ever decided to pay a visit to Earth. Gillian Anderson, of course. The truth is out there. Actress Gillian Anderson is best known for playing FBI agent Dana Scully on the hit sci-fi TV series The X-Files. But while Anderson spent 11 seasons and two movies investigating paranormal phenomenon, she does believe that aliens are, in fact, real. I do, to a degree, believe that the universe is obviously vast and... The thought that we are only the one planet with full living beings doesn't make sense, Anderson said in an interview with The Guardian in 2012. That doesn't necessarily mean that aliens are real, she said, but there could be. Katy Perry, oh boy, another pop superstar. In a 2014 interview with GQ, pop star Katy Perry spoke about her wide range of beliefs. I see everything through a spiritual lens, she told GQ. I believe in a lot of astrology. I believe in aliens. I look up to the stars and I imagine how self-important we to think we are the only life form. At the time, Perry said she might even take her questions about alien life to then-President Barack Obama. I mean, if my relationship with Obama gets any better, I'm going to ask him that question. It just hasn't been the appropriate time yet. Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. Woohoo! In an interview with the British talk show The Morning, singer Nick Jonas described his own close encounter. I was in my backyard in LA and I looked up at the sky and saw three flying saucers, Jonas said. I looked at my friend and said, Are you seeing this or am I losing my mind? I'm obsessed with UFO stuff in general, so I'm all over this, Jonas said in the interview. That blue light freaks him out every day in every best way possible. William Shatner, of course. As the most recognizable face of the Star Trek franchise, actor William Shatner is probably used to fielding questions about his extraterrestrial beliefs. But in a 2010 interview for the Montreal Gazette, the man who brought Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise to life explained why he thinks intelligent beings must be out there. And I'm going to do my own William Shatner impersonation. There is no doubt that there is life out there. The mathematics of it lead you to that absolute conclusion. In my mind, there is no doubt that the universe teems, teems with life in all of its forms. And Stephen Hawking, of course, is the next one on the list. Need I say more about Sir Stephen Hawking? Uh, He's repeatedly, in the past when he was still alive, warned that humans should be wary of contacting alien civilizations. That if they basically came here for first contact more so than what they've just done through observation alone... They would be here to pick a fight or to destroy us because we're destroying ourselves or possibly them inadvertently. Demi Lovato. During an appearance on the talk show Late Night with Seth Meyers, singer Demi Lovato insisted that aliens are real. How self-centered would we be as humans to believe that we are the only living things in the universe, she said. Well said, Demi Lovato. Haunted houses, poltergeists, paranormal activity. It's the stuff ghost stories and movies are made of. Well, tonight, a team of investigators from Central Ohio take us on a ghost hunt 
looking for proof of the paranormal. About halfway between Columbus and Cincinnati is a small city named Washington Courthouse. Population, just under 14,000. The area, first settled in 1810 by Virginia War veterans, is known for its annual Scarecrow Festival and the Fayette County Fair. And while every small town has its traditions, some have their very own ghost stories. I'd like to bring I tend to think most of it's hogwash. Washington Courthouse Fire Lieutenant Tim Dowling has heard most of the spooky tales of the town. The unknown. Everybody wants to know the unknown. I mean, it's like Sasquatch. I watch every program I can about it. I don't believe it exists. No. But is it possible? Anything's possible. Possibility of paranormal activity at Washington Courthouse is what brought Neil Hart This is the way to the lower level beneath that room. And his team of investigators to the Carnegie Library. It's not necessarily your soul that's still here, but just the energy left behind. From the day I started, I grew up somebody named Elizabeth. Sarah Nichols has worked at the library for more than a year. What I've heard have been um, stories of footsteps, a particular scent that she's known for, pages turning and the registry for the genealogy room. The elevator going up and down um, when the building is empty. Mary Elizabeth Johnson was a librarian here from 1911 until 1956 when illness forced her to retire. But many believe she never left. We did have some painters who were here and refused to work at night after a few uh, scary encounters that they had. When they were painting in here, they heard footsteps, and they heard shuffling of feet and the smell of a strong rose perfume, uh, like, a, like an old world style rose perfume. It was in this same room that several of the investigators began feeling a bit strange. A reading of the electromagnetic field, or EMF, in the room was extremely high. This is completely off the grid. Levels of EMF like that can trigger in people who are sensitive to it. Um, could trigger nausea. Uh, skin irritations and just overall feelings of dread or feeling like somebody's watching you. EMF measures the amount of energy given off by an object. A high reading like what they found on this night could indicate something as simple as bad wiring or... Another possibility is that the EMF is so high that it's allowing things to manifest, kind of like uh, uh, an energy paradox, uh, allowing things to move in. Residual energy is a residual being uh, what used to be here at that point in time, say it might be Elizabeth, uh, was so drawn to this place, was so in love with her job, and felt so, I guess, ousted uh, up until the time she fell ill before she died, that she never really wanted to leave. We'll never know who or what was in that room, but according to Stephen Park, there was definitely something. Go over there and see if you can anything now, just while we're talking. Okay, coming up new at 10.30, we'll show you what happened when we took Stephen back into that room where his sensitivity to EMF really kicked in. Now, would he have another strange reaction, or was it something different altogether? Part 2 of our paranormal investigation, new at 10.30. ...or a negative spirit or a demonic entity, uh, we don't want to further agitate it and cause an adverse effect. Neil Parks and his team of paranormal investigators traveled to Washington Courthouse after reports of strange activity at the Carnegie Public Library. Well, the stories range from odd smells and strange noises to pages turning on their own. Is it all in their heads or is it paranormal activity? Our story picks up as a team member revisits a room where he felt the eerie effects of a paranormal presence. The Carnegie Library in Washington Courthouse is the backdrop of many ghost stories among the people who live here. I don't think anybody thinks that it's a scary place. Built in 1903, many believe the place is haunted by this woman, Elizabeth Johnson, a former librarian who died in the late 1950s. We did a renovation in 2008 um, and updated the building and um, closed off a stairwell. The painters were painting above where the stairwell was and um, they heard noises, footsteps, heard somebody coming up the stairs. And the young men who were painting with this crew were so scared that they were, had to be driven home by the, I guess, the head painter. Okay, we're getting strong ratings down here now. Was it Elizabeth? 
we'll never really know. Ghost stories are told, but few are actually proven. That's why Neil Parks and his paranormal investigation team came here. You don't want to go on assuming that everything's a ghost. You want to, uh, this equipment validates the feelings we get. Uh, like the, the head rush, the headache, the, the, the cold chills, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Maybe that could explain investigator Stephen Parks' strange reaction to this room. It means another guy on our team, Donnie. Uh, both actually, he started getting a headache, I started getting feeling sick to my stomach. It's the same room where those painters claim to have heard footsteps. We asked him to go back inside. Now if you felt something and felt a little ill before, but maybe don't now, could that mean that whatever was in this area maybe has moved somewhere else? The code, um, right now though, once again, I am starting to get a little sick to my stomach. Um, and that's generally how it manifests to me. And I feel, feel like a presence is pushing on me in this area. So it's just, feels odd. Are you uncomfortable? Yeah, a little bit. You want to come on? Yeah. <laughs> felt better once he was outside of that room. His experience was pretty much the highlight of our ghost hunt at the Carnegie Library. But there were a few other odd happenings that night. Like a camera that had been turned off was somehow back on. And when I held these dousing rods used to pinpoint magnetic occurrence, they went a little haywire. And you don't feel anything creepy right now either, do you? Ghost creepy that this is just moving on its own. <laughs> That's creepy. This is just moving on its own. Now it's stuck. It's mad. Despite a lack of concrete evidence on this particular outing, the team stays positive. Throughout my entire life, I've experienced things of that nature and um, was always afraid to talk about it. I, I thought maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me or uh, possibly people who throw stones at me for speaking openly about it. As the team packs up and calls it a night. But thank God for shows like Ghost Hunters really opening the, the doorway for people like myself and my team to speak openly about it and not be chastised. They're already wondering what their next quest will uncover. After all, it is just a ghost story away. So the team really believes in what they do. There could be simple explanations sure. for some of the things that they discovered or experienced. There could also be more complex explanations. So sure. just one of those things and what you believe in and they use their equipment to try and prove the feelings that they have. Right. Well, as you said, uh, there is a newfound credibility to their Absolutely. work and based on TV shows and the like, so they're able to talk about it more freely. Are you, are you more of a believer in the paranormal than you were before? Um, you work before? I kind of always, I do believe that there is something else out there. Um, I didn't experience anything that really made me, you know, feel like that. Yeah. But I do believe that there could be something out there. So I'm, you know, I do. Well, Neil Parks is not only a paranormal investigator, he's also a published author, he's a historian, a public speaker, and a researcher. And a researcher, and you can find his book, Paranormal Chronicles, Tales of Humor, Horror, and the Absolutely Strange, online or at his website. And we put a link to his website on ours. Just go to myfox28columbus.com if you're interested in reading more about it. You looked a little uneasy with the dividing right I, It was weird seeing that, that move, and it, it did that, do that. It was creepy, so I don't know how to explain that, but it was very interesting and a great time. I thank them so much for letting me tag along. Well, it was very interesting to watch. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4hems.com slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face -face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash good. That's 4 slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family-owned, family-operated, family-managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. 
With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same-day pickup and next-day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. There's a huge mass embedded in the center of the moon, and astronomers aren't sure what it is. Here is something you may not know about the moon. Earth's clingy best friend is also the site of one of the largest known impact craters in our entire solar system. Essentially, something caused a giant hole in the moon billions of years ago, and astronomers have just discovered that there's something big, really big, buried beneath the surface. According to research published in the journal Geophysical Research Letters, the moon's south pole Atkin base hides a mass that is estimated to be 4.8 quintillion pounds. Imagine taking a pile of metal five times larger than the big island of Hawaii and burying it underground. That's roughly how much unexpected mass was detected. The researchers from Baylor used various sets of data collected from spacecrafts that measure the gravity around the moon and compare them to maps and imaging of the moon's surface. As a result, they found a dense metallic mass pulling down on the floor of the basin. So what is it? James and his team surmise it could be metal embedded in the moon's mantle from the asteroid impact that caused the crater some estimated 4 billion years ago. If that's true, it could be a time machine and a gold mine for scientists studying the history of the universe. All of that metal, and basically the entire area surrounding the mass and the crater, could tell them a lot about the asteroid impact, how it happened, and what the solar system was like when it did happen. The basin is one of the best natural laboratories for studying catastrophic impact events, an ancient process that shaped all of the rocky planets and moons we see today. Unfortunately, the crater and the mystery substance below aren't visible to mere earthbound humans since they are on literally the far side of the moon. Well, this should whet your appetite. Right now... NASA has confirmed, or openly discussed, not necessarily confirmed, ancient alien city found on the secret dark side of the moon in different NASA images. This week marks 50 years since man landed on the moon. But was something there before us? 50 years ago this week, man first set foot on the moon. Neil Armstrong, whom I was named after, Neil, of course, but he spelled it N-E-I-L, I'm N-E-A-L. Neil Armstrong won the space when he stepped out onto the lunar surface and declared, that's one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. Sorry, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. He was joined by fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin as the pair spent several hours walking the surface of the moon. Michael Collins, who was also part of the mission, remained in the command module while it was in, still in orbit, the Apollo 11 mission took off from Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16, 1969. It took the crew eight days to reach their destination. Eight days from the Earth to the moon. And the rest, of course, is history. Images and footage of the historic moment were beamed around the globe. Mankind's first glimpse at lunar life. Since then... A raft of conspiracy theories have sprung up about whether or not the moon landing was faked. But one of the most unusual ideas is that on the dark side of the moon, not visible from Earth, lies an ancient alien city. NASA images of the dark side of the moon have fueled the belief that Earth's nearest neighbor is hiding an amazing secret. Some of the pictures show square-shaped rocks, and alien hunters have claimed they could be buildings. They, had, they add the structures that look to have been abandoned millions of years ago, which has led them to believe a tragic incident is the reason aliens no longer live on the moon. 
Scott C. Waring wrote about his wild theory on the ET database. The conspiracy theorist said, the objects seem to be very reflective, but have dark black areas that have a lot of right angles and appear to be structures. Some of the objects were white reflective roofs or buildings that had openings that allow ships to come in and go. Some of the ships in those structures are hanging halfway out, which makes me think some tragic event happened that stopped them from existing fully. Scott even believes the ancient city could have once included a port. Other conspiracy theorists claim to be certain that alien life still lives on the moon. Over the years, they claim to have spotted pyramids and other monuments similar to that. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. We need to make what's normal seem strange. To find intelligent alien life, humans may need to start thinking like extraterrestrials. Our hunt for aliens has potentially had a fatal flaw from the beginning. We are the ones searching for them. That's the problem because we are a unique species and alien-seeking scientists are even stranger and more specialized. As a result, their all-too-human assumptions may get in the way of their alien listening endeavors. To get around this, the Breakthrough Listening Project, a $100 million initiative scouring the cosmos for signals of otherworldly beings as part of the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. SETI, of course, is asking anthropologists to help unmask some of these biases. It's kind of a joke at Breakthrough Listen. Claire Webb, an anthropology and history of science student at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, said here on January 8th at the 235th meeting of the American Astronomical Society, AAS, in Honolulu. They tell me we're studying aliens, and you are studying us. Since 2017, Webb has worked with Breakthrough Listen to examine how SETI researchers think about aliens produce knowledge, and perhaps inadvertently place anthropocentric assumptions into their work. She sometimes describes their efforts as making the familiar strange. For instance, your life might seem perfectly ordinary, maybe involving being hunched over a desk and shuttling electronics around between computers until examined through an anthropological lens which points out that this is not exactly a universal state of affairs. At the conference, Webb presented a poster looking at how breakthrough listen scientists use artificial intelligence to shift through large data and try to uncover potential technosignatures or indicators of technology or tool use by alien organisms. Researchers who use AI tend to disavow human hand handicraft in the machines they build, Webb told Science. They attribute to a lot of the agency to those machines. I find that somewhat problematic and at the worst, untrue. Any AI is trained by human beings who present it with the types of signals they think an, an intelligent alien might produce. In doing so, they predispose their algorithms to certain biases. It can be incredibly difficult to recognize such thinking and overcome its limitations, Webb said. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. This next story is unbelievable. When I saw the video footage of this, I could not believe what I was seeing. I had to watch it over and over again. A UFO bigger than Earth flying past the sun was spotted by NASA's observation mission. The development comes weeks after a camera at the International Space Station spotted an unknown cone-like object that was flying upward. NASA's stereo observation mission has spotted what fans of conspiracy theories said is a gigantic UFO flying past the sun. The incident itself occurred on the 29th of February, but the footage of it has posted just recently on the channel Hidden Underbelly 2.0, dedicated to the mysteries, events, and sightings. According to the host, Stereo's camera filmed the humongous object for four seconds, after which it turned off and began working only after the UFO had passed completely out of sight. This humongous object appears to be bigger than Mercury, it appears to be bigger than Venus, and it appears to be bigger than our own planet Earth. If you can tell this thing doesn't look like our space station in no way, it doesn't look like any satellite than any expert who has analyzed this video has ever seen. To be honest, when I first saw the footage, I thought of Ezekiel's wheel. If you're familiar with the story of Ezekiel seeing a giant wheel in the sky, at that time in human history, if you see a craft in the sky, some kind of an unidentified flying object, uh, the point of technology in that area and that realm was equivalent to the size and shape of a wheel. They didn't have saucers. They didn't have discs. They only had things that normally are in the sky to compare it to, which would be a bird. But to see a wheel in the sky kind of blew Ezekiel's mind, which is why that story is so significant. The host of the Hidden Underbelly refers to to a saying in the book of Ezekiel where the prophet spoke about a flying chariot or described as a wheel, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. NASA has not yet issued a response to this encounter, but the video footage is available and it is connected to the space station observation. And it is out there. You've just got to look for this. Google UFO bigger than Earth on Google search, and you'll be able to find this and see it for yourself. It is truly mind-blowing. Monster.fandom.com. That's monster.fandom.com. Savannah, Georgia. Home to dozens of celebrated haunted houses and hundreds of ghost sightings, Savannah is often called the most haunted city in the United States especially by its many ghost tour operators, who have often uh, begun with the visit to the city's historic cemetery, a tangle of stone tombs, eerie statues, and spooky trees laced with Spanish moss. Among the cemetery's resident ghosts is that of Gracie Watson, a six-year-old who died of pneumonia in 1889. Her ghost is said to haunt the life-size statue that stands over her grave which, like several other funeral statues in the cemetery, are sometimes said to move as if they were alive, while the sound of children playing or crying is sometimes heard nearby. Savannah's Hampton Lilybridge House was built in 1797 and was relocated to its current location several years later, despite the discovery of a mysterious crypt beneath the new property, which has never been opened. Since then, no fewer than 26 families have lived in the house and have complained of various ghostly going-ons that forced them to move out. These strange encounters included furniture moving around and doors locking themselves. The most famous haunted house in Savannah may be 
the Sorwell Weed House, which appeared in the opening shots of the 1994 film Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis. The Sorrel Weed House is said to be the, haunted by at least two vengeful ghosts, the wife and the rival lover of a shipping merchant, Francis Sorrel, who built the house in 1840. Francis' wife, Matilda Sorrel, allegedly jumped to her death when she discovered her husband's infidelity. But historical researchers point out that by the time of her reported suicide, in a moment of lunacy, the Sorrell family had moved out to another property next door. The Whaley House, which is located in San Diego, California. Whaley House in San Diego is the most haunted house in America, according to Life magazine. This house was built in 1857 on the site of a former graveyard and gallows. Over the years, it has served as a family home, a grain store, the San Diego County Courthouse, the city's first commercial theater, a ballroom, billiard hall, and a school. It subsequently opened as a museum in 1960. The oldest resident ghost at Whaley House is said to be the convicted robber Yankee Jim Robinson who was hanged in 1852 from a gallow that stood on the property. Before the house was built, according to a newspaper report, as the wagon holding him beneath the gallows moved away, Yankee Jim dragged his feet on the wagon for as long as possible before swinging like a pendulum and slowly strangling to death. Although Thomas Whaley, a settler and merchant, witnessed Yankee Jim's gruesome execution, he didn't it didn't prevent him from purchasing the property a few years later and building a house there. But within a few weeks of moving in, the Whaley family reported hearing heavy footsteps as if made by boots of a large man. The reports of footsteps and other sounds have persisted for more than 100 years. The youngest daughter of the family, who lived in the house until 1953, was reportedly convinced that it was haunted by the ghost of Yankee Jim. And visitors of the museum in the 1960s also reported hearing a phantom walking noise. Other visitors say they've seen the ghosts of the Whaley family themselves and the ghost of a woman in a long skirt in former county courtroom. One parapsychologist reported that he saw a phantom dog running inside the house, similar to a fox terrier, the type of dog that was owned by the Whaley family. Next location is Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. This small cemetery in a forest of the outskirts of Chicago has earned a reputation of the most haunted graveyard in the United States, thanks to more than 100 documented sightings of ghosts, strange lights, and other suggestively supernatural episodes. During the 1950s, after an outbreak of vandalism at the remote site, Several people claim to have seen an entity, an entire phantom farmhouse shimmering above the graveyard, which receded as they approached it. Others say they've seen the ghost of a farmer and his plow horse who died when they were dragged to their death in a nearby pond. Some people driving on the roads near the cemetery at night have reported encounters with a phantom 1940s-style gangster car that appears on the road in front of them before turning off the road and disappearing. Others claimed to have crashed in the phantom car at a sharp curve into the road, but after the shock had passed, there was no damage to their vehicle, and there was no other car. In 1991, the Chicago Sun-Times newspaper ran a celebrated photograph taken by a visitor to the graveyard showing what appeared to be the semi-transparent form of a woman in an old-fashioned dress sitting on a gravestone. The photographer, part of a paranormal research team, claimed that the woman was not visible when the photograph was taken. The figure in the photograph has become known as the Madonna of Bachelor's Grove. It may be linked to the legend of the White Lady, the ghost of a woman buried next to her young child who is said to walk through the graveyard on nights of the full moon with the infant wrapped in her arms. Next on the list is in St. Louis, New Orleans, Louisiana, the St. Louis Cemetery. Paranormal, the paranormal has a distinctive local flavor in New Orleans. 
which vies with uh, Savannah for the title of the most haunted city in America anyway. One of the city's most infamous haunted houses is the Lala Lori Mansion in the French Quarter. The mansion is the former home of Madame Lalaurie, a wealthy widow and prominent socialite. In April 1834, after a fire at the house, rescuers found bound slaves in a secret torture chamber in the attic, who had been horribly tortured over a long period, and there were signs that others had been murdered there as well. If you remember, uh, I believe it was season five of American Horror Story, no, season three of American Horror Story, uh, Coven. And they dealt with uh, the vengeful spirit of Madame Lalaurie and showed all of the horrible acts that she committed against her slaves and the experiments she used her slaves for. Uh, when the discovery became known, the house was raided by an outraged mob of citizens and Madame Lalaurie fled the city. Later occupants of the building have claimed it is still haunted by the ghosts of her victims. The St. Louis Cemetery, number one in New Orleans, has something of a reputation for the dead not staying in their graves. Among them, Marie Laveau, the city's historical queen of voodoo, who died in 1851, but who is said to materialize above the crypt where she is buried each St. John's Eve, which is June 23rd. The Myrtles Plantation at St. Francisville, just outside of New Orleans, is rumored to have been built on a Tunica Indian burial ground. At least 12 ghosts are said to haunt this location of the plantation grounds and buildings, including Chloe, a slave who had <clears throat> was accused of poisoning the family of the plantation owners. The ghosts of her victims and mother and daughter are reported to be trapped inside a mirror in the main house. The ghost of a later owner, William Winter, is said to haunt the main staircase of the plantation house. Winter died in 1871 after being shot by a stranger who approached the house. Winter staggered inside and climbed to the stairs to the 17th step, where he died in his wife's arms. It is said his phantom footsteps can sometimes be heard on the staircase, climbing to the 17th step before stopping. Our next location, which is among the seven most haunted places in the United States, is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I myself spent a week in there, and the accounts that we witnessed, the paranormal activity that resides within this property, the whole location. If you were to build a subdivision in the middle of the field itself of Gettysburg, where the battles took place, Every single house would be haunted in this subdivision, not because of what took place in the houses, thus making it haunted, but the property itself would haunt the houses. It is the largest and deadliest battle in the American Civil War, and it took place in Gettysburg. In 1863, more than 8,000 combatants were killed at Gettysburg, and in the years since the bloody battle, an uncommon number of ghost stories have been linked to events and personalities on the battlefield. Several visitors to what is now the Gettysburg National Military Park have reported hearing sounds of battle, including phantom cannon fire and disembodied shouts or screams of ghostly soldiers. At a high rocky outcrop on the battlefield, it's called the Devil's Den, where heavy fighting took place on the second day of the battle, which was June, uh, July 2nd, 1836. Several visitors over the years claim to have heard the sound of drum rolls and gunfire. Devil's Den is also said to be haunted by the apparently friendly and sometimes talkative ghost of a soldier wearing a buckskin clothing, a large hat, and no shoes. Several ghost sightings have also been reported at the hill called Little Round Top, where Confederate troops were forced back from an assault on the flank of the Union forces. Also on July 2nd, 1863, an event regarded by many historians as a turning point in the battle. It has been claimed that some Civil War enactors, reenactors, I should say, who worked on the 1993 film Gettysburg, a dramatization of the battle, met and spoke with a man in a shabby Union Army uniform who gave them some musket rounds 
which they assumed were movie props, but which they later learned were Civil War rounds in pristine condition. Legend tells that three Confederate soldiers were hanged at Saks Bridge, a covered bridge a few hundred yards west of the Gettysburg battlefield. Some stories say the soldiers have deserted from their unit, while others say they were hanged as spies. The bridge is now a favorite site for ghost hunters, and some claim to have heard sounds of loud gunfire and galloping horses, while others reported seeing strange moving mists and unexplicable lights. Saks Bridge was one line of retreat for General Robert E. Lee's defeated army of Northern Virginia over after the Union victory at Gettysburg, and the smell of smoke from the General's pipe has sometimes been reported nearby. The St. Augustine Light Station in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine's Light Station may be best known as the hundreds paranormal. The word paranormal denotes experiences that are outside the norm and beyond scientific explanation. Even so, these events from supernatural phenomena to extrasensory perception to ghosts, aliens, and UFOs take on a life of their own in pop culture. That's where live science comes in. The reporters dig into the latest paranormal news to debunk and even explain the science of what's really causing these seemingly supernatural. Related topics to this, that being aliens, religion, life's little mysteries, so on and so forth. Live science is an excellent resource to go through. The British X-Files of UFOs is finally going public. The UK's Ministry of Defense will publish secret UFO reports for the first time. The UK's official government investigation of UFOs can be traced to a group formed in the 1950s, a flying saucer working party of sorts. From the early 1950s until 2009, a department in the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defense documented and investigated reports of UFOs. Now more than a decade after the program ended, many of those formerly classified files about UFO sightings will be made available to the public for the first time. Previously, some MOD files about UFOs had been published online at the UK National Archives website, the Telegraph reported. However, all of the agency's UFOs reported will be released this year on a dedicated gov.uk webpage, a spokesperson for the British Royal Air Force told the Telegraph. The decision came after PA Media, a British news agency, filed a request for the UFO files under the Freedom of Information Act, according to the Telegraph. MOD officials decided it would be better to publish these records rather than continue sending documents to the National Archives, the RAF spokesperson said. The UK's fascination with UFOs spiked around the 1950s, prompting the MOD to form the Flying Saucer Working Party to address the phenomenon. According to the UK National Archives, UFOs in the early 1950s even captured the attention of Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who sent a memo to his air minister in 1952 asking, what does all this stuff about flying saucers amount to? What can it mean? What is the truth? The Flying Saucer Group concluded that UFOs were hoaxes, delusions, or ordinary objects that were misidentified, recommending that no further investigation of reported mysterious aerial phenomena be undertaken. Nevertheless, other MOD divisions continued to work on official UFO investigations in the UK, ushering such efforts into the 21st century, the National Archives reported. The last UFO report to be published online by the MOD dates to 2009, covering sightings that took place from January through the end of November of that same year. These included a silver disc-shaped light, reported in January 2009, up to 20 orange and red glowing lights, reported in June. A large bright silver-white ball sphere, reported in July, and three blazing gold orbs and a diagonal line in the sky reported in September after MOD enacted a policy change on December 1st, 2009, the agency no longer recorded or investigated UFO sightings, according to the report, but what they did find, including many 
Recent UFO reports that were previously available only as hard copies will be published online within the next few months, said Nick Pope, a former UFO investigator for the MOD. And keep in mind, it wasn't even six, eight months ago, maybe a little less than that, that our own Navy, our own military, confirmed that for years, and has been active recently, that the Navy and the Air Force have been tracking strange flying craft. They have confirmed that this is true. They've had videos from cockpits showing these encounters, and they cannot identify the source, what it is, or where it's coming from. All they have is the evidence of it taking off, defying the laws of known physics. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. Could this be the remains of the ever-elusive... Loch Ness Monster. Speculation that mystery skeleton washed up on beach during storm Ciara is the Loch Ness Monster. A gigantic skeleton washed up on an Aberdeenshire beach during a storm and has prompted online speculation over what it could be, including suggesting that it might be Nessie. A photograph of the carcass was posted on social media in the wake of the storm Ciara, which brought strong wind gusts to the whole of the UK. Hundreds of people have joined in the debate about what this mystery object might be via the community group. Fubar News suggestions, including that the skeleton is of a whale, while other ideas included a saltwater crocodile and the vertebrae of a brontosaurus or a diplodocus. Other contri contributors joining in the fun reckoned it was rarely seen a deep sea haggis, or a Chinese New Year dragon. Various people suggested that it was Nessie. Brian Ingram said Nessie escaped to the sea, but then came to a sticky end. Emma Louise Bolin had a similar view. Nessie could not have adapted to salt water, she said. This picture was posted on FUBAR News, which is available through facebook.com slash news slash photos. Related articles were first recorded, Nessie sighting of 2020.